to the Clients and Conversions Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Clem, and I've helped fellow entrepreneurs and business owners just like you harness the power of social media to grow your audience by the hundreds, 2x their launch sales, and have client leads banging down the door to book a call with you. And I'm the first to say that hustling and searching hours online for your next client or student is not the vital ingredient to your success or even your happiness. This podcast is for driven entrepreneurs, from coaches to course creators and everything in between, to access practical and actionable tactics on everything from how to get clients with Instagram advertising, and really unlock the keys from sales and social media to get growth with the simplest tools possible, while keeping it just long enough to get you through your walk, drive, or workout. So stick with us for this episode and the ones to come so you can get more clients and sales in less time. Now let's get into it. Hey guys, today we have on Jordan Gill of Systems Save Me, who is an operations consultant that helps online entrepreneurs who are solopreneurs and small teams streamline their business through her digital products and VIP intensives and weekends. Welcome to the podcast, Jordan. Ah, Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to dive into all the topics we have in store. I am too. And for those who don't know, Jordan is someone who I really love seeing on Instagram. She's, you're honestly killing it with Instagram. (laughs) Thank you. Oh my gosh. We'll have to talk about that offline too, because I feel like I have like some actual really legit stuff happening. <laughs> we can I, talk about it here too. <laughs> true. We, we'll, we'll figure it out at some point. But I think for, yeah. for, for those who don't know, she gives so much value through this. I don't know why I'm starting with this, but I just, I love this part. Yeah. You've, you're doing, I think it's called uh, OPS o'clock, like, op, like Ops obviously. O'clock. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think it's really cool for those who are solopreneurs. She gives, or even just on like small teams, she gives so much value on like Instagram outside of just this podcast episode alone that I wanted to shout that out for those. And her links will be down below. But awesome. she's really good at helping you to find out what type of business systems you need, but even more so is filling those gaps that a lot of us have that we might either not see or not know how to fill. But before we get into all the good stuff, I love to go into the beginning of your journey and kind of just seeing how you got to this path. So if you can just tell the audience and I a little bit about kind of what led you to here and really the milestones that made where you're at today. Absolutely. So I got into this crazy internet land um, about six years ago. And I actually was working for, before that I was working in nonprofit. So I was just like straight broke. And I was like, "Mm, not about this life. Uh, And so I started just like, I don't even know, internet searching uh, and kind of came across this world through Creative Live, which Mm. some people have heard of, some people haven't. And uh, then there was this one woman who had a course on there and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to follow everything she says. And I I didn't have a business or anything at the time, but just really resonated with her. And then literally about eight months later, I remember going to bed saying like, if this woman just had a job opening, I so would be like... I just would want to jump into it. And legitimately the next day she had a job Mm -hmm. that she had sent to her email list, which I was on. And I was like, she doesn't even know. She doesn't even know that I'm going to like rock her world. And I became her head of content. Um, So I was all, um, I was basically the songwriter to her Beyonce. So she would deliver, yeah, she would deliver the courses. I wrote all the webinar scripts, the sales page, the actual course material, the, um, all, all the things I wrote a lot. My background's in journalism, oddly enough. So I did a lot of content development with her, which was so fun. We had a beautiful partnership. And then, uh, she realized that I was very systematic and was like, could you like create processes for other things? And I was like, 
sure, which is basically my answer to everything because mm-hmm. I know I'll figure it out. And uh, then I became her head of operations. Mm-hmm. And so um, when she was wanting to just kind of run those on autopilot, then we didn't need any new content. So she's like, well, where else can I put you? So I did that for, for the next year. And then, you know, there's a lot of moments in life where you kind of get this like gut or voice or for me, it was, it was God. And it was just like, it's time to go. And I was like, um, I'm a type A planner person. Like I need like a heads up like six months in advance so I can like actually plan this. Uh, and it was just like, it's time to go. So, you know, at that moment you could decide to ignore it and, you know, move on. Or if you listen to it, I found that it just magical things happen to be quite honest. So I decided to give six weeks notice, no business. I didn't even have an Instagram at the time, not even personally. Um, no Instagram, definitely no website. Um, I had an email address, a terrible business name called personalized procedures. Everyone thought it was a medical device company. Um, and an LLC and a bank account. That's all I had. And I just was like, all right, we'll just figure it out. And so within those six weeks, I was able to solidify uh, $12,500 in monthly recurring client revenue. Mm. Um, And people were like, what? Um, So that mainly was through relationships. That is why I am such an advocate for building relationships. And yes, that is the slower way to build a business. But it honestly is, I mean... I would say, honestly, it's the biggest contributor to, to my business success, like to be quite honest. So I, I would always, I would take that over anything else in business because if all of a sudden the internet shuts down or something, I have several people on the phone or text or whatever that I could email, call, whatever, and my business can still move forward. Like mm. if you don't have those relationships and you're just relying on other stuff, then yeah, like, you know, that's going to be tricky. Not that I think the internet's going to blow up, but regardless. Uh, so I decided then to start my business, May 2016. Um, and you know, business has had its ups and downs as I've transitioned and all that stuff. But you know, that moment of transition made me realize that I can truly always bet on myself. Like when my back is against the wall and things are scary and it's looking like I'm going to have to go live in a dentist office basement and eat ramen. Um, you know, it's, there's always just, I don't know, like a fire in my belly that I get that just will like take me off and, and get things going again. So that's what I always tell a lot of people is, you know, think back on those moments where it it just looked really scary and just look now you've gotten through it. And so if you can get through one thing, you can get through everything. Um, that's truly what I believe. So then I've, I've been in business for three and a half years and, uh, I've changed my business name twice three times. Yep. So totally went against like all <laughs> advice in that department. And, uh, I've switched my business model definitely a couple times as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's been, it's been a journey, but it's, it's, it's been a beautiful journey and I, I wouldn't change anything to be quite honest. I think that's such a good point there. And I, I don't think a lot of people talk about this enough in their journey of it is the amount of pivots and rebrands and just like things that come up because you are evolving like you said you had that um that gut that god really moment that you realize that okay 
I don't know how this is going to work, but I have to do it. And that happens for a lot of us. But the biggest thing for really anyone is knowing that even if you get that and you're not sure, like you said, if you can look back, which I love doing when I get, when my brain starts to try and like analyze things is literally look back and say, okay, what are the things that I did before where I was nervous about anxious and then I did it and it was fine. And you just need that proof for yourself. And I think that's yeah. so amazing that you were aware enough to notice that and took the, honestly, the, the leap on yourself and allowed for whatever way that moved for you. Now, yeah. I want to go into this deeper because I think it's really amazing for those who don't hear about this often, I think, is yeah. this new, this old age of automation going back now to personalization is what I'm seeing. And I think mm-hmm. it's amazing, but people are being resistant to it because like you said, it takes more time. It's a little slower. It's not as, what's it called? Um, you can't see the returns as easily right as you can with like a funnel and ads. Like, obviously I love funnels and ads. Oh yeah, so do I. But but I know that if I, especially for one-to-one clients or high-end clients, almost none of them have probably come from my funnel. They either came from a referral or um, at an event or at my gym. The gym owner asked me to do his ads. I'm like, well, here we are. But it's because of those relationships yeah. that really change it for you. And what you mentioned as well, for those who don't know, uh, we talked a little bit prior on the podcast is you've gotten some high-end clients through event marketing and I'd love to go into kind of how that's been for you what kind of what have you noticed really helped to one when you're at an event know who's gonna or even see the characteristics of those who would be a good client for you Mm -hmm. and how do you start that relationship I think a lot of people you know, at wonder that, but like, okay, I'm at this event or how do I even choose the event? I have, I really hope you don't, but people have business cards, you take them out. So what do you do? And I think for, to give your insight for those who are in the space where let's be honest, event marketing is not going anywhere. If you, you should go to conferences throughout the year, even be one or two, because Mm -hmm. that really explodes your network. And I've heard it a while ago, your network can equal your net worth. And I think nowadays that really rings true for especially service providers and even honestly course creators. So oh, totally. love to get your insight on this. Yes. It's one of my favorite topics. So I went to 30 plus events in 2017. <laughs> I'm oh not advocating for anybody to try and there's no world record that you would win if you beat me. Like no, there's no need to to try that. Um, I, that just, I found joy in it. So I just like went all in. And so, uh, 26, mid 2016 was when I started. And then that next year, just my main focus was building relationships, getting connected and finding referral partners. So like you said, it, I wasn't just going to willy nilly events. It wasn't just like, Oh, this is a fun event to go to. Like, I'll just go and maybe meet some peeps. Like, no, uh, there was intentionality behind everything. And that's because I treated my like event marketing budget. Like you would treat a Facebook ads, budget mm. budget, like you would treat a Pinterest ads budget. Like looking at it, like, okay, people typically like spend, I don't know, between 20 and 30% of their budget on ads or marketing of some sort. And so thinking about clients, like if I want to have a a client who's $3,000 or a client who's $5,500, like what's around 20 to 30% of that. And I'm going to spend that on going to events and being intentional. So I think that's like a little bit of a mindset shift that some people have to have. It's not just like 
you know, you can go to events and have fun time totally. And like, if you are wanting to actually use it as marketing, you, you need to treat it as such. So when I went to events, I would actually host a lot of dinners, whether that was me actually like, um, hosting the dinner as far as like paying for everything that depended. Mm -hmm. Uh, but sometimes I would host and pay. Sometimes it was merely just me congregating people. And that would be either I would go through the entire Facebook group of people coming to the event. Maybe, you know, there's 200 people or something going or a hundred people. And I would review the list and see who I think I could connect with or who would be a good referral partner for me. Mm -hmm. And then I would either start the conversation before the event or I would make sure to, to seek them out. But I'm like a total creeper. And I know Danielle are very similar in this, but like I'm a total creeper where, you know, I would see somebody that I want to target and I would go to their Instagram and just like dive into who they are as a person. And I would see that they are like obsessed with chocolate mm. and I would make sure that in my bag, I would have chocolate and I would specifically pull it out. If, if I chose a table that they were sitting at or near where they were, I would ask around everybody if they want a chocolate, guess who I know is going to say yes, the girl who I want to start a conversation with. And so that it's, it's so simple as that. Or for example, um, yellow is my favorite color and it's a brand color for me. And I know that when people are wearing yellow or I see yellow anywhere, I'm just like, oh my gosh, yellow. And so then it starts a conversation. So if I know a speaker's brand color that is a referral partner for me, I will purposefully wear their color, um, whether it's an, a necklace or I don't know, somewhere on me. And I would make sure to ask a question because out of the crowd, if you know, she, there's only room for two, three questions and I'm one of the people asking, she's going to go to her brand color first. So it, it's, it's silly when, you know, you're like saying this stuff, but it works and that, you know, I can almost, I would say about 70% of my business from then on, I could trace back to an event yeah. and about 30% is from podcast interviews. So it's really interesting. It's amazing how much thought is put into that because you know the payoff is so high like I think that's what's really cool and for those who hear this like actually take notes on this and to really think about that because same thing actually is right now it's um we are entering December so it's the time of holiday extra extravaganza yes. and something I'm doing actually is for similar to you as some of the partners who I have and also some of my clients I'm actually and this is something I've always loved is creating gifts that are really unique and sentimental to them because I watch their Instagram stories and saw that I love this show or they are an author so that you know they'd love this so they're mm -hmm. that personalization really goes a long way because that's going to be the conversation starter for a lot of those people you know I have I've heard this so often where people you know that first compliment you give to someone can be the two hour long conversation you need to hear and yeah. I just I think that's so amazing to hear for for those who are out here and even more so I think this is really fun to talk about for those who yeah. are primarily more online entrepreneurs I think their biggest misconception is well my people aren't going to events or it's not worth my time to go what is your usual um I guess, come back to when they say that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For, for people who 
don't think that online entrepreneurs are at events. Uh, I usually then I'm looking like, okay, have you heard of traffic and conversions? Have you heard of social media marketing world? Like these bigger conferences. And then just think if you know this many, like most people only know like one to 2% of the actuality of anything. So if you know three events then there's probably 300 events that mm -hmm. are actually available to you. And, you know, for, for people who are like, Oh, I don't want to go to the big ones. I want to go to the small ones. Then it's a matter of, again, the, the whole reason that I even knew about those 30 plus events is connections is because mm -hmm. I'm connected to people who would tell me about events or I would, you know, be like, okay, I'm connected to this person and they're speaking at this event and I want to target them. So identify it's, it's really not about quantity. Mm -hmm. It's about really like, who are these X amount of people that I know that I need to, to connect with and make that my goal. And so it, whether they're speaking, whether they're attending all of that sort of stuff, and you may not know the exact, like, okay, I know Danielle Clem is going to be at this event, but <laughs> it's like, I know that ads people are at this event mm -hmm. and maybe Danielle's going, or maybe some other ads people are going. Um, and, and really deciding that and it's okay to go to events just for fun too like mm -hmm. there were definitely events last year that I went to or I guess technically still this year that were more for me like less mm -hmm. about business more for me and so just know your goal or know your intention going into it and you should be pretty good there and then from there I always say and, and similar to what you touched on it's like personalization is huge. And so the stuff that matters, keep it personalized. The stuff that doesn't automate the crap out of it. So, <laughs> you know, like, no, it's, it's, it's funny how we think every piece has to be personalized when that is not the case. And there's absolutely, you know, a, a case for over automation as well. There's kind of, it's, it's, you know, a balance, um, a little bit, a little bit of a dance. It is. And I think what's really cool about that. I was not even with the other way where my first like I think it was first year or two of business I went to one or two events and I went there which it's not a bad thing but I went there for the learn the, the knowledge the education oh. versus the networking mm -hmm. and I realized looking back on that I'm like wow I left so much money on the table i.e connections because yeah. I was so focused on being at the the event versus networking and it was actually super funny because now that I'm reminding myself that I'm like wow that was really dumb <laughs> Because one of the events, the speaker I had actually worked with, I was one of her coaches or something, and she called me out, like, in the audience said, she's a coach who's helped me. And for some reason, my oh, brain wow. didn't realize I should connect with people after that. My introverted self was like, I'm going to go home. I'm going to go into the, the, the <laughs> into the hotel and now go and, like, sleep for a while, which is fine. But right. I didn't allow myself to have those networking and like have those dinners, no matter how introverted you are exactly. to create that connection on site is so much easier than follow up. And that's going to be the last question I want to talk about for the subject yeah. is what yeah. is your follow up plan? Let's say you actually meet someone at the event, maybe you exchange DMS or whatever it might be. What does mm -hmm. your follow up plan look like for those who you think might be either a good referral partner or actually good clients? Yeah. So after the event, usually at the event, obviously we're talking business of some sort. And so people hear, oh, I help people with their client management journeys. Um, and they're like, oh my gosh, like, and again, I'm targeting people who I know hate talking about automation, hate talking about systems, hate having to even mention Kajabi, ActiveCampaign, mm -hmm. Dubsado, don't want to talk about it. So me just showing up 
and, and filling the gap for them. They're like, oh my gosh, like, can I send clients to like, people will literally fill in the gap for themselves. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just like, can I send people to you? So I don't have to talk about this or I don't have to, Mm -hmm. you know, just like move people into the abyss of this particular subject. And I'm like, yeah. And actually like you get like a kickback for that. So Mm -hmm. if you send people my way, then I send you a referral payment. And so that just is really easy. If you find people that are directly in line with your uh, referral partners and who's an actual good referral partner, then the, the conversation is very simple. And so then when that's established and I make sure, obviously when I go back home, I send like, it's a very like short chill ish, like agreement, just letting them know, like when I say I'm going to give you money, I'm going to give you money. And like, that's how that happens. And then I actually give them also like an introduction blurb so that if they then want to send somebody it's not like this whole thing it's just um you know a few sentences that they can just copy paste and keep somewhere if they want to keep it in their email or their notes and their phone or whatever then they just have it instead of having to be like oh great okay so like I'm sending you to Jordan and like she does some stuff with the client like I don't want to have to make it difficult for them at all um so it's it's really about um treating treating the referral partners similar to clients almost. And, and one area that I could still get better at that um, actually Zoe Linda, she's a, a, an affiliate gal who's helped me and, and several others. She does a great job of this. Every month, all of her referral partners get a monthly email. Um, it's mm. called her client referral circle email. And I know it's hers because it's got a little lightning bolt on it. And, uh, it basically, she talks about maybe one of the referral partners to all of us um, and just says like, you know, this is somebody who sends people to me, but she's really awesome. And like, if you need people to do this, this, and this, this is what she does. Um, and then this is a tool I'm really loving. And these are the openings I have this month. Um, I have, you know, eight intensives and two ongoing. So if you are, you know, have anybody in mind, then let me know. She's really great at that. Uh, I would say my version of that is really, again, on Instagram, like I will, it's like such a theme of my life, but on Instagram, I know who my referral partners are. I will go and just like check in on them like every month or two and just like go comment on a photo or watch their Instagram stories. And a lot of times they're just naturally in my feed anyway. So I just know the simple fact of seeing my face over and over again mm-hmm. will remind them, oh, Jordan just watched my Instagram stories. I got, I have somebody I need to send her. Like, let me go send her that person. So that again, it's just uh, keeping top of mind. Cause then it's, the end isn't after you send the contractor and say, yeah, I'll pay you if you send somebody. It's like, you know, as good intentioned as people are, you also have to remind them that you're still available. You're still here. Um, and that you're still like open for referrals and, and stuff like that. So I think that is so smart of her I mean you have a great plan no matter what but like that's so smart of her it is to do that monthly email because I wholeheartedly agree I think I'm an affiliate for one or two other people and they do launches so they're more like seasonal people but Mm -hmm. it was really interesting because like you said if it's not front of mind or if there's not a deadline attached to it Mm -hmm. you just naturally it's not a higher priority you know versus all the other business things you have not in a you know mean way it's just how our brains work so I think whether it's starting out with 
doing that liking and commenting, which I actually do as well. Like I'll, if I'm thinking about them or if I haven't heard from them for a bit, I did that actually today for a couple of people who, um, been meeting to like schedule their podcast interview with me. I was like, just checking back in, like, how's it going? And then they've totally. I think twice, two of them are already scheduled, but it's because people need that, uh, reminder, the top of mind to actually take that action. So yeah. I love that you mentioned that. It's a very simple thing you do actually on Instagram, totally. if you even want to, which I, was better at and not great now um <laughs> I used to actually save their post and put into a collection on, or like yeah. a, an album on Instagram and just use that once a week and go through it and like their stuff and so forth so that was the more automated Instagram person that I used to be but now it's more now it's more organic um but no I love that and I think it's so important for those who are listening to this that you really take into mind for 2020 really, which I love to do is track back where my clients came from, where my core students came from, all kind of thing, and find the through lines. Because you'll find mm -hmm. that a lot of those who are higher end, they came from connections or referrals, means you need to really amp that up for 2020, especially if you have a small following or you're someone who is, you know, growing their list still, but not really at yeah. that point. It's so important. So I love that we talked about that. And <laughs> you good? So what I want to move into as well, because you actually mentioned the client management journeys, I want to take out the management piece and say client journeys and go into, which I think a lot of people nowadays are becoming this model where they have two separate types of clients, ones who are like you said, they are more high end. They are someone who um, maybe six figures and over they need, they have more higher level problems in that case and those people who are under six figures or solopreneurs who have a different you know journey and this person let's say they're sally sally could be under six figures in 2019 and then over 2020 so they can always move back into there but yep. for you i'd love to go into what is your systems right now between filtering people and bringing the people who are right for those systems or for that funnel into it because that's a big shift i'm seeing you know really creating this personalized journey for those people versus trying to use email segmentation to filter everyone out all the time, which does work if they click it, but if they don't, you're kind of SOL. So I'd love to yeah. go into for you, cause you have these two separate types of ICAs. How is your marketing system and even like sales system different than six figure to under whatever it might be for you? Yeah. So my split is kind of around the 300,000 mark. Mm -hmm. Uh, as far as what I've seen revenue wise. So people under 300,000, um, will do more of my solopreneur, even if they maybe have a team member or two, they still will identify more with those hangups or bottlenecks. Mm -hmm. And then above 300,000, it's usually like 300,000, like three ish million. Um, they just have a different set of problems. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's kind of where my split is. I would say that from a outward perspective, as far as what people see that I do, I really have dug into definitely as of recently, but even still before, uh, dug into the solopreneur under 300,000 market, mm -hmm. uh, in the sense that those are the people who tend to be a lot more fact finders. They tend to want to listen to all the podcasts, read all the stuff, look at my website, like all of that. Everybody 300,000 or more, again, I would say about 30% still find me through podcasts, um, but they're again, strategic podcasts that kind of target and talk about things for that area. Mm -hmm. And then honestly, it's referral partners or it's events. 
And so even if the person who I'm talking to sees on my website that I'm talking to solopreneurs, that hasn't necessarily, at least from my like slight market research, has not deterred them because they, it's a lot of like, oh, I heard you worked with Jordan or it's a, oh, like you send all your people to Jordan or, oh, like I'm really resonating with you right now in this moment. So now I want to work with you. Um, so from an outward perspective, most people would not necessarily know that I work with people on a higher end Mm -hmm. uh unless they spoke to me and a lot of people will email me and say so I think I have this problem and you might be able to solve it like Mm -hmm. can I talk to you uh and so honestly that's sometimes a lot of what what comes to me as well for those higher end people because I don't see because I don't I've never had my intensives my work with me weekends Mm -hmm. any of that stuff on my website so I know that the people who are really hot and have a like pain point from a like team perspective, like balancing clients and team, those people will reach out. They are not afraid to send an email. People who are under 300,000 that have a pain point, they want to read some stuff. They want to be able to click a link and schedule. They want to it's, it's a little bit more of a personalization automation stuff. Like the hiring clients want personalization. They just want to go directly to you. Mm-hmm. So they'll email you or they'll DM you. Like I literally had, um, a, a VIP client recently. We hadn't been connected on Instagram. So I'd even go into my request folder, but she literally said, Jordan, I want an intensive. Let me know what's next. Yep. The end. Like, it was just like, <laughs> so, and she came from a podcast interview. So she mm-hmm. heard me on a podcast interview to talk about my, my intensives and said, I want one. Let me know what next steps they are. And she was paid in full and we moved on and we scheduled it and then at the end. So it's, it's interesting, just the different buyer psychologies. It's like, I know what I want. I know what I need. I heard that you fill this need. Let's move forward versus there's a lot more nurturing that has to happen with the under 300,000 folks. So not in a bad way, just that's what I've noticed from my own perspective. So that's kind of how I manage the two tiers a little differently. I fully agree with that because that's, again, something that I notice as well. All of my one-to-one clients have been people who are either actively just said, let's get on a call, like, and it's either first time meeting or second time meeting or they just knew it. Cause like you said, they're short on time. They're not really wanting to play around and like read all these emails. They just want to do it. And I think what's really cool about this as well is that you can see those different types of marketing systems. And obviously the back end is going to be differing depending on the products and so forth. But mm-hmm. I think what's really cool about that is you've identified where those two come from. Like, you know, your high end are going to be from events, from podcasts and so forth. And then the solopreneurs are probably going to be from probably some podcasts still, but content as well, Pinterest, whatever it might be, what you chose for that medium and really capitalizing on that. And I think that's so important nowadays is to really identify your buyer's journey for both stages and creating that really easy, like simple system for yourself. Because even myself, when I was first going through that like dichotomy of people who, you know, are going to be getting the products versus services, I was making it so much more complicated for myself because we all do. I think it's so much more complicated for myself. I'm like, okay, I need to have this separate automation and this here and that kind of thing, which it, yeah, sure, whatever. Sure. But really, it's not going to move the needle as much as once you really capitalize on what's working for you and grow that more. So yeah. I love that you go into this. I'm curious for 2020, 
Mm-hmm. Since at this point will be in the first month or so, what are you actually really gearing towards? And we're going to talk about some more for your mm-hmm. promo as well at the end because she has some amazing stuff for you guys. But I love to ask this question for 2020. Really, where where do you plan to be in 2020 for on the visible like visibility sector platforms, all the kind of fun stuff? Yes. So. Yeah, I love that you talked about really looking at what's working and amplifying it because I had hired a content manager back in August. And when I hired her, she probably thought I was crazy. Mm-hmm. I, when I hired her, I was like, I like, I want to be the most repurposable situation ever. Like, I want to be on YouTube and Pinterest and like Instagram and Facebook and all these other things. And so we created this like crazy. She. I'm gonna have to ask her if she actually thought I was crazy because looking back, <laughs> I'm like, I was crazy. So I created this great, like complicated, like, okay, I do a Facebook live and this much turns into an Instagram live or Instagram TV. And then this is a Pinterest. And it's like, you can totally do it that way. And like, I've totally doubled down on Instagram. And so mm-hmm. I appreciate you seeing all of my, oh, yeah. <laughs> my truth. Uh, and it has absolutely helped not only in followers but engagement in my Instagram ads I'm getting leads for a dollar and four cents love like, it during Black Friday like for a freebie so good. um so like all of that stuff has helped like expedite everything so uh 2020 still keeping it to like basically Instagram um mm-hmm. may add in Pinterest a little bit mm-hmm. uh and look into that but pretty much those two are going to be my main, my main squeezes. I don't even run Facebook ads. I just run Instagram ads and they do really well. They do um, killer. Literally my Instagram story ads are like ridiculous. That actually. was actually so funny because <laughs> that was the first, not the first course, but the course that I created a year and a half ago, maybe a year ago was around literally how to use an Instagram story ad to um, like grow your audience and so forth, because they're so powerful when done, right? Like once you have a targeting good and you have a good freebie offer, I've had, I have a friend of, not a friend of mine, one of my clients, I call them friends, <laughs> like, cause you know them after a while, it's fine. Yeah. but there was one, the girl for one session, we just did one session. She watched one of those trainings and she got 75 cents off of per opt-in for her freebie because Instagram stories for the ad wise, sorry, this is like a tangent, but like the conversion rates are higher. The engagement's higher on Instagram. Like, let's be real. So even though Facebook is good and I still do show ads for clients on Facebook, you know, you can test both and really see the actual data of what's, which platform is going to work for you. So I love that you mentioned that. And I think that's a really key thing is that what you're doing too is really simplifying things for yourself because this is something that a lot of solopreneurs I think have a huge problem with including myself when I like everyone's like once a year or so I'll get into that thought a lot like should I create a YouTube channel should I do Pinterest should I do this but it's it's putting yourself too many places to the point where you're not really going to see that growth that you're wanting or see like you said that engagement those followers those dedicated community that you can create if you stick to one or maybe two platforms. So I love that you mentioned that. And again, we're going to be linking all of her Instagram and everything below because it's so good. But I want to ask one more question on podcast before we go into the rapid fire, which is super fun. Um, Podcast, you mentioned that you really go on strategic ones. What do you look for when you are looking into podcasts for either trying to get more services from a podcast or even, you know, trying to educate people for your products as well? Yeah. So how I find podcasts is 
shocker instagram so mm-hmm. i when people when i'm just scrolling the feed i will see somebody was on a podcast and i'll kind of like go into a little side tangent of that podcast and look like oh who the types of guests are who their audience seems to be and if it's a good fit then i'll actually just save that to a collection that's called podcast outreach Mm -hmm. and so i know that i'm just constantly adding to that folder and the quarter i actually do a pull of like okay i put all of them into a spreadsheet and then i honestly hire somebody on upwork to like find the websites find the emails like even list out like who they say their audience are is or are and then i will actually do the outreach myself and create my own little spin to it because i like to add a little bit of connection in there i like to go listen to an actual episode and stuff like that and so you know it's a combination of of my collections on instagram plus uh there's a a website called listen notes Mm, i think okay and whatever it is i'll send it to you um and you can actually like look up a person's name and see all the podcasts that they've been on. So I know other systems people have been on, you know, like I I know a a bunch of systems people. So if I just put their names in listen notes and I can see what podcasts they've been on recently um, and okay, like those are the podcasts that I want to be on. Or if I know, again, my referral partners have been on ones, I want to be on the same ones they are. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's a little bit of a combination of those two things. And then just once a quarter doing kind of a a solid push for outreach for the next quarter. I love that. And I want to see for, for when you do the outreach, do you do emails or DMs? I think everyone has their own like preference. Yeah. I usually do emails, but now that you're bringing it up, I'm like, why am I not doing DMs? Like DMs are my jam. So I I found next round recently, again, this depends on, I haven't pitched myself for a podcast in a bit because I've gotten some who like asked me already, but Mm -hmm. for when I approach guests, I do it through DM because that connections there or it's just easier Mm -hmm. I think um but I think for those who are on primarily Instagram really think about doing DMs because if you have a connection with them they're gonna be a lot more I would say welcoming to it versus going to email first and like if you don't know them yet then that's a different story but I've just found that it's really interesting to see how much more welcoming or like even more interested they are if in the dms or even just being like hey i have this idea what do you think and then sending the email afterwards or something like that so that's a good tip i should totally i'm gonna change it to dms after this because i'll be on instagram like it's I'm on instagram easier honestly especially totally. if you're on instagram so i, I hear you yeah. okay we covered so much amazing stuff but i want to go into this last part which is a rapid fire round very mm-hmm. simple five questions or so on just the first thing that comes into your mind when you're thinking about these so are you ready I think so. <laughs> okay. So favorite book you've ever read or currently reading? Oh gosh. Okay. So favorite book ever read is Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi. Mm. I'm not going to attempt to spell the last name, but you can find it uh, if you just Google. Uh, and it's really about um, actually hosting dinner parties and how mm. to like really build your business and or even build your life um, based on hosting people. I love that. Mm-hmm. Okay. What is, I love this, this question is so random, but I love it. What is your favorite word or phrase you use daily? Oh gosh. Uh, so this one is actually one that I'm planning to use daily in 2020. So I'm going to share it here first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that phrase is, what are you really made of? Mm. Love it. What is something you're not very good at or working to get better at? Oh gosh. Um, A 
This is a great question. Something I'm looking to get better at is honestly exercise. I know it's not business related, but uh, I've had a lot of different health issues and madness. And so finding something that works for me that I enjoy, but also doesn't run my body ragged has been really difficult. So that's something that I'm still trying to figure out, honestly. Same, honestly. (laughs) What is one characteristic or trait that you believe every entrepreneur needs? Um, One trait I believe every entrepreneur needs is uh, perseverance. Yeah. Because it's just going to hit the fan from every direction, sometimes all at once. Uh, And so if you have the tendency to just quit all the time and not like see through something, you're not going to last very long. So I would say perseverance. I love that. Okay. Last two. So what are two tools, mindset, or resources that you believe that every entrepreneur needs to really have their business be successful? Oh gosh. Okay. So one resource or like mindset thing that I a hundred percent believe in is NLP, uh, mm. which is neuro-linguistic programming. I had heard about it for the longest time and did not understand what the hey it was. And I finally did a two day training back in August and dramatically like, and again, it's funny to see the trajectory from August. Like you can tell something shifted in August, mm. like in just how I showed up for my business, like the, my visibility all of a sudden was just like lifted because I had some visibility blocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so NLP really helps you uh, find your beliefs that are holding you back and then reframing them is essentially what it is. And so I think every business owner would so benefit from that because I self-coach myself all the time now and just like get myself out of the nonsense. Uh, so that is definitely one. And then uh, one of my favorite tools honestly is thrive cart mm. mainly because which is kind of random but it has to do with money <laughs> so that's <laughs> what i enjoy about it uh it makes getting money from people really easy <laughs> so yeah for affiliates right yeah for mm-hmm. affiliates for i use it for consulting offers i use it for mm. team of one i use it for everything and uh i haven't had to send an invoice since 2017 so you know it's really big for me to be in, in the power stance of con- in control of my money Yeah, is being like whenever, or just like when you have time or like, maybe I'll catch, maybe your invoice will get to your inbox at the right time for you to sit down and do this thing. It's like, nah, these are the days I'm getting paid. I'm a pull it. And I'm in control of when of my cash flow a lot more, which has helped me a lot. And um, so yeah, Thrivecart honestly is, is a great tool. Yeah, I had a client, an ad client of mine use it for her launch because she had affiliates too. So I'll have to look into that more because I've heard of it. I know some people who use it, but I haven't delved fully into it yet. Gotcha. Yeah, it's amazing. And it was a one-time payment. I've had 335x ROI on that one-time payment. Oh my gosh. That's cool. Yeah. Love it. (laughs) Well, if that's not a good testimonial for Thrivecart, I don't know what it is. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. Last question, which I love, so probably my favorite one, is what does success look like to you in your own eyes? Oh gosh. Success to me looks like two things, I would say, or two like 
versions. One would be my at-home version, which includes jigsaw puzzles and Gilmore Girls and French fries, because that's my mm-hmm. favorite food. And my second version would be getting to travel, which is big for me. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy traveling and being able to just experience different cultures and try different foods. And and there's just such a say la vie sort of essence Mm -hmm. when you really are able to travel. I'm not a big like itinerary traveler because my life is such an itinerary that honestly I'm like uh so I I really travel just to like feel like a a lot more spontaneous than I actually am (laughs) yeah so it's, it's kind of those two it's a balance of those two versions basically I love that. And also French fries are the absolute best. So (laughs) I fully agree there. Now, for those who listen to all of this, and I know there's going to be so many people who are going to be like, I want to learn more about Jordan. I need to learn more about Jordan and what she does. Can you give a little taste on what you're looking at or what you're really creating for yourself or that the audience can learn more about you? Where can they find you and what really is in store for them if they do? Yes. So, uh, my website is systemsambi.com. There's some freebies on there, um, and checklists and fun shenanigans. So you can find uh, a little choose your own adventure situation, uh, see what fits for you. And then, uh, again, if you couldn't tell from this interview, I'm basically on Instagram. (laughs) Uh, I wouldn't say all day, every day. I'm a pretty focused person, but I'm on there frequently enough to where if you DM me, I will respond. Uh, and that is just at system saved me. And I am, I've got some fun stuff coming down the pipeline, including a secret podcast. <laughs> um, and I, so that'll be coming down the pipeline. It should, I guess, be out by the time this episode airs. So I guess I'll send the link and it'll just say a secret podcast to Danielle. Yeah. That's, uh, all, that's, all, that's the only contact you guys are going to get. It's just secret podcast. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Uh, and then I also have a, a really awesome masterclass, uh, for people who really want to decrease and dominate their daily to-do list, because it's not just about getting stuff off your to-do list. It's making sure that the stuff that is on your to-do list also gets done. So um, I have a special link for all of y'all. It's just systemsaveme.com slash clients and conversion. Uh, and so you can go check it out there. Um, I think it's like 40 some minutes because... That's so not bad. Yeah. It's like, uh, here's the thing. Like most people are like an hour, which is fine. But, you know, I, I like to think that, you know, if you're the same, I like to be less than an episode of like Grey's Anatomy oh, in yeah. my mind. So, um, with no commercials, <laughs> with no commercials. So that's around like 43 ish minutes. Um, so, so yeah, you can go and check that out as well. Uh, if that tickles your fancy. So those are a few things that you can get, get into. I love it. And literally all those links are going to be down below. So make sure to go check them out because whatever she's providing, I really recommend you go do. I don't, I don't recommend people this hard often. So when I do, it, it means something. So yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. And there you guys have it. I love this episode so much. I love talking to you, Jordan. And thank you so much for coming on here. This has been absolutely amazing. Oh my gosh. It's been so much fun. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. And I'll talk to you guys on the next episode and see you then. Bye guys. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I am so excited that you were able to go through it and get some actionable tips out of it. For next steps, make sure you go to daniellecleum.com slash ad breakdown to get the complete ad breakdown around what one Insta ad did to help create 
559 client leads and 20% sales increase in launch. Make sure to go ahead there to do that and DM me at I'm Danielle Clem to go in deeper to the conversation. And last but not least, make sure to leave a rating and review so that this podcast can get out to more amazing people like yourself.